This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome to the OBR film breakdown, and and um, I don't I don't know where to start. You know you know who I am. You know the show. Um, you you know you know what you've endured. You know what I've endured, and um, this is a unique night. I think making the playoffs a week ago, beating Pittsburgh was unique, but there are unique things that happen when. Your franchise has been so down for so long, and uh, they have their backs against the wall in this situation, and they find a way, um, find a way to overcome and persevere. You know, for so long, you know, football has felt like this thing. The NFL, you know, if you call follow Ohio State college football, whatever, it's a different entity to me. But the NFL has just felt like this thing. I, I got to watch other people do. You know, I went to Muskingum and. So many of the guys that I was close with down there playing football were Pittsburgh fans. You know, there were Browns fans too, some Bengals fans, but so many were Pittsburgh fans. And it was on the peak of their powers a decade ago, Super Bowls, all that stuff. And, and it just it just felt, and even Cincinnati was starting to come around and the Ravens were still the Ravens. And it just, it felt like this thing other people got to enjoy. And the Browns would just constantly get picked on and... You can never fully get invested in it uh, because the the end game you knew where it was going, and and it's just um, you know it felt like we were welcome to a, to a party tonight to 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 real um, to real to real NFL. I don't I don't know. I mean the NFL I've known. Obviously I was born in '89, so I so I was alive for the '94 playoff win, but I didn't I don't remember it. I was five. You know, I, 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 I was alive for the 2003 playoff loss, have have images of it in my head, but I was still, you know, still young and, and just in middle school. And then they don't make the playoffs in 07, they don't make the playoffs in 14, and all of this, this misery in between. And <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to say. You know, they, they have been so down for so long that in comes this regime with Sashi Brown and and you have your opinion on him and you have your opinion on John Dorsey they decided to hit a reset you can have in a true reset not 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 tiptoe around it maybe we'll get to it maybe we'll try to do a reset while still no they said we're going to truly reset and in that reset the misery of it all of the little battles the little squabbles we had about Hugh Jackson and about Freddie Kitchens and about John Dorsey out of that time of terrible football 
that we all endured together, they came away with two guys. I posted a picture on my Twitter feed. They posted a picture of the two guys they came away with that matter most, and that's Baker Mayfield and that's Miles Garrett. Those are the two guys they came away with that matter most. A, a generational pass rusher and your first overall pick quarterback who was making actual tangible strides and becoming a quarterback who's overcome so much. We, we can talk about Baker's growth. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that throughout the week. But they have these two guys who are, are, are truly the spearheaded, uh, you know, the spearheading forces behind both what the offense hopes to continue to become in the next five to ten years and what the defense is and what Miles is going to keep doing over the next five years as they keep building it. As you know, the Browns win 48-37, and that game took every bit of energy I had. The Browns have this way, man, of getting, and I wanted to lead off with Miles and Baker just because they're so important. And the, and the, and the, and, and as we sit back and we look at this 48-37 win, you know, we we start to take everything in. What it took to get here, what you've endured, the decades of torture, the 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 dealing with the loss and the embarrassment for 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 again decades, with dealing with your family who's a fan of another team or your friends who are the fan of another team, or just nationally, publicly, the Browns are the Browns. Ironic quote, you know this Cleveland will always perpetually suck. It all just kind of crashes down on you. The Browns go up twenty eight nothing. They've had this way the whole season where. Even though Pittsburgh needs to score four times to beat them, you just feel like it could happen. It, it could always happen. There's always the Murphy's Law stuff or the only in Cleveland attitude. But that, that, <laughs> that game just took so much out of me. But they win 48-37, and they, they pulled off the improbable, folks. Like They really did it without Stefanski. They did it without two offensive line coaches, including one of the best in the NFL. You know, they do it without a defensive backs coach. They do it without their their all-pro left guard. They do it without their best defensive back by a long shot, a Pro Bowl defensive back corner. Uh, against Pittsburgh, who features four wide receivers, they do it without their right tackle for the majority of the game. Jack Conklin leaves. And, and then they lose... <laughs> Listen... Michael Dunn, hell of a job, but they lose him, and Blake Hance has to come. The thing, these guys are talking about, you know, after the game, Mike Prefer talked about how he hadn't even met some of these guys, face to actual face to face meetings with Dunn or Hance or some of these guys they're bringing and shuffling in. And I can't, I don't know how to put it into words. You know, this is just a podcast, and I do it alone, and it's sometimes hard because I don't have somebody bouncing their thoughts and ideas off of me. But like. It's so hard to put into words what these guys were able to do and 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 in in the overcoming of the obstacles that we saw today. And for them to do it, you know, I know that nobody wants to wait 20 years. You no one deserves to wait as long as 18 years whatever the Browns made you wait, but it's pretty sweet, man. Like it was pretty sweet to sit back and watch Ben Roethlisberger lose Pittsburgh a game. Ben Roethlisberger sitting on the bench crying after the game. Juju Smith-Schuster, who just can't stop making ridiculous quotes and dance moves, him on the bench sulking after the game. And what felt like a, a transition for the for, for where Pittsburgh is going for being so long this dominant empire in the AFC North. And now it's like just a culmination of so much. And as I sit here on Twitter, it's 
It's 1.33 in the morning. I sit here on Twitter. I keep refreshing it. I keep looking at the content of, you know, so many people happy and so many people that are posting videos of downtown Cleveland and videos at their house and, and images of themselves crying. And, like, you just didn't think these days were ever going to arrive. You never did. And and they're here. They actually made it. And they're they're in our lap. And it... it I don't know. I don't. I don't have the words sometimes to describe the, all the craziness that 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 transpired to get here, and how happy and elated I am for so many people. My son woke up in the fourth quarter when, right when Sione Takitaki made that interception, and my wife, I'm telling her, I said, "Go get him. You just have to go get him." You know, he's almost three. I said, "He won't remember this moment, but we will." And and I don't want you to miss it. So she goes to get him and. You know, we go downstairs and take a cool picture, and that's the kind of stuff that, that it's sports. You know, it's not life or death. It, it's it's not. We've all had more important things. We will have more important things we deal with in our life, but it is something that bridges the happiness for us. It helps us find a way to escape. It helps us find a way to get involved with something that means more than just me. The to be the uh, a part of the sum instead of an individual. We we care about that. We crave that. That's why people play sports. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's why people get involved in, you know, jobs and and um, activities. And you just, you want to be a part of a group. And to be a part of a, a group of Browns fans who... You know, got to actually sit here and involve in this. To got into Twitter is just a small faction of Browns fans, but it's a community we, we you know, where we sat through and endured so much struggle, so much strife. We we we've we've yelled at each other, we've bickered at each other, we've blocked each other, we've unblocked each other, we've muted each other, we've unmuted each other. I I don't I don't care, man. What you should just feel great. I hope you do. I hope it was everything you hoped it would be. I hope that you cried tears of joy, man. I hope it was. I hope it was as great for you as it was for me. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, which is a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone an opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle's the perfect place for you. As a part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge just for the initial setup. 
So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Again, that's bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode of the OBR Film Breakdown to find out more about bwhustle.com. Again, Blue Wire Hustle, so that's bwhustle.com slash join. Sorry about the tirade. I just, a lot of emotion, man. So the Browns win 48-37. We'll talk individually. You know, they run, I talked about maybe trying to get to 125 on the ground. They end up running, uh, end up rushing for 127. Great number for them. Nick Chubb runs for 76 yards, 18 carries. Kareem Hunt runs very physically. He gets the two rushing touchdowns, eight carries for 48. Baker runs five times for three yards, but he picked up the most important third down of the game um, there in the first half, at the, right before halftime, which was just was just great. He goes 21-34, 263, three touchdowns. think he's going to grade really well pro football focus-wise. I would expect in the 80s. He missed some throws here and there, but very few turnover-worthy plays. Had one out route where Donovan Peoples-Jones slips. Very few turnover-worthy plays. Had a couple drops. Could have probably been up over the 300-yard mark. Um Phenomenal game. Same from Kareem Hunt. Great game. Uh, has a nice 13-yard catch added there as well. Obviously, we know Nick Chubb adds four catches, 69, and a touchdown on the ground. Or sorry, through the air on that on that really good 40-yard touchdown screen pass. Man, that was a lot of fun watching him break that second block. And huge, huge shout out to J.C. Treader who 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 kind of served as a player coach role and, and gets that block on the backside. Vince Williams, that backside backer, holds him just long enough to let Nick get by up the right hash. Just, just. I was begging for a screen. There's so many times in that game where I thought Pittsburgh's Pender is back, and, and, and I just thought that they were coming up field and let's take advantage of it. And, and kudos to Van Pelt for holding on to the screen at the perfect, perfect, perfect time. And, um, you know, the results of one screen for 40 yards and a touchdown, it doesn't get any better than that. Hooper gets targeted 11 times, seven catches, 46 yards. Look, he had a couple drops, one in the end zone that a ball I think was grazed. Uh, a ball, like I, like I said, I think Edmonds got his hand on that just a little bit there in the very end of the game in the fourth quarter. I uh, would love to have seen him caught it. He did drop that that sort of uh, deep over route there in the first half that I thought they could have really used a field goal in that situation. They ended up punting a drop that. I need Hooper to be better. I still, I still think he's better than how he's played. He's dealt with a lot this year. He's had the appendicitis stuff go on. I still have a lot of faith in him. And Baker has a lot of faith in him too. 11 targets, like I said. Could have had more, though. Hooper should have pushed the 75, 80-yard threshold. Jarvis Landry, can't say enough. 40-yard touchdown, a tough SOB over the middle. Damaged Pittsburgh linebackers all day. Five catches, 92 yards, a touchdown. That 40-yard touchdown catch and run was special. We're going to talk about that scheme tomorrow. Uh, I think it needs to be discussed because the Browns executed it to perfection. Uh, Seven targets, only two catches for 28 yards for Higgins. I thought he had a couple drops he normally catches. Not his best game, uh, but... You know, he'll have an opportunity next week to to make those plays, and maybe he makes a game-changing play at that moment. But, you know, a special sh- shout-out has to go to the Browns' offensive line. I made a point of, of uh, um, you know, how, how well they answered the bell with some of these guys. And I can't talk enough about the no-practice stuff, like how important, how not important, but how well they figured this out with only practicing twice and walking through a couple times. Like, that is wild to me. I thought there was only one time where I watched on film this game where uh, they had the alignment issue where Hooper was stepping up on the line and Jarvis was trying to communicate with Donovan Peoples-Jones where it's like that's a scenario in which some practice time failures 
uh, ultimately hurt you because you maybe miscommunicate on an alignment thing. But like the offensive line, they hold Pittsburgh to the first time that they've gone without a sack in a whole game since January 14th of 2018, the divisional round against the Jaguars. Like that doesn't happen. Pittsburgh is a dominant pass rush team. Now, a lot of it's triggered by getting out in front early. I get it. But the Browns still threw a ton and they threw from predictable pass situations too. So like to be able to do that, that's a quarterback thing. That's an offensive line kicking kicking rear end thing. That's a that's a play calling thing. That's everybody being in cohesion, and that's what we saw tonight. That's how you shut a team like Pittsburgh out from getting any kind of sack. So um, not enough can be said about how well that offensive line played. Uh, I just I just have to to make sure to reiterate how well those guys played. Treader, obviously Wyatt Teller, just just leveling people on counter schemes that were really fun to watch. He put a couple guys on their back, pancake blocks. You probably saw him in the slow-mo. He played well. I'm very fascinated to see how the grades look for those guys. Defensively, B.J. Goodson, welcome back, Mike Linebacker. Ten total tackles for the day. Um, you know, M.J. Stewart, look, he gave up. He's probably going to get docked for giving up three touchdowns, but I did think he made enough play. He tackles well in space, which is good, uh, but he's not somebody you always want to rely on. Obviously, that's a better role for Kevin Johnson, but... But MJ does enough things to counterbalance. He had a nice interception tonight, uh, and 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 look, he's not he's not a, a premier defensive back in the NFL. He's probably going to get picked on most weeks. But I just think he does some things well that deserve to be appreciated. Um, you know, Robert Jackson, it's tough, man. He's not an NFL starter. They picked on him. Uh, they picked on him for a Claypool touchdown. They picked on him on several out routes. But again, you got to keep in mind too the, the the frame of mind in which the Browns' defense was playing. You know, majority of uh, off coverage, protecting a big lead because they were able to create turnovers, and then the offense capitalizing on them. So there's a balance there, right? Like you got to find that balance. I think there was a balance there for sure. Um, Otherwise, tackles, guys, Ter- Terrence Mitchell, a ton of tackles because they threw it so much. Anderson Deho, five tackles. Uh, I thought Malcolm Smith was okay coming back. I thought Ronnie Harrison had a couple really nice thumping tackles. Jacob Phillips still got some rotation snaps. We'll check on how well he played. Obviously, Porter Gustin with a whale of an interception on that dive, man. That's just heroic play. Sheldrick Redwine had a nice tipped ball interception. Taki Taki sitting in his curl zone. Uh, nice, nice interception, 23-yard return. Uh, and we talked about MJ Stewart, and then uh, Carl Joseph. I think had uh, yeah, let me see how many Carl Joseph had. He, had. he only had one tackle, but I thought he played relatively well too. Uh, it's tough. These these guys are clearly going to be an area which the Browns are going to upgrade. Some people say the Browns are a year away because they need to upgrade so much defensively, but they just got a bunch of fighters, man. Like bunch of guys that that just were, they play hard, and although they're not supremely talented. They do enough things together to create these turnovers this year. It's been a nice ride, although frustrating. They don't close games the way we want. It's been a nice ride for them. I thought Larry Ogunjobi and Sheldon Richardson were okay uh, for the most part. Some plays I did not like the voids created in some of those gun runs, but for the most part, okay. Uh, obviously, thought Miles, due to how Pittsburgh plays, I did not think he had a ton of opportunity to get into the backfield. Only had one tackle. I thought they chipped him and double-teamed him all night, and he was kind of rendered obsolete. But again, the way Pittsburgh was playing, throwing quick, he had a couple pressures, but the way Pittsburgh throws so quick, and how many, the sheer amount of drives, 68 throws for Ben Roethlisberger, 47 of 68, those for 501 and four touchdowns, but four interceptions is clearly the Browns are just shelling it, 
in the secondary, allowing them to nickel and dime their way down the field. Uh, the, 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 the formula again, just like the Tennessee game was you jump out early as they jumped out 28, nothing quick. And you just, you just hold on, you, you hold on and they, they, they're holding on. Like, think about, I know it's frustrating when you watch them kind of have to hold on. It takes so much out of me as a fan, you know, first world problems, whatever takes so much out of it. You get up and then you hold on and they're holding on. They have not given these games away. How many times in years past have you seen the Browns give these things away in miraculous fashion? They're not doing that. And that's a large part of why I think it's not the same old Browns. It is It is a team that is turning the corner and understanding how to win. As the talent on the defensive side creases, matches the offensive side, that's when you see convincing blowout type of games. We're in like phase one-ish of one a like this the 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 1.2 now that they have the coach and kind of the offense paired the right way that they can start matching the defensive personnel use those assets and it can come and then you start talking about a complete team so listen i know they gave up a, a ridiculous amount of yards 553 but you got to understand the game the, you know you're you're just trying to make pittsburgh make mistakes at that point and they made them you know, they made a second corner, a second quarter interception. They made the Taki Taki interception. They got them to punt on that fourth and one that was so vital after that. You know, the Browns go down and score and make it 42 to, to 29 at that point or whatever it was. Like that was so, so, so important. So important. 40, 42, 23. Yeah, I think I'm losing my mind. Anyway, I know the defense isn't good and they're going to be so challenged against Kansas City, but it's a different Kansas City team. You know, the Browns are 10-point dogs as they open, but Kansas City hasn't won a game by double digits since early November. They don't protect well. They're beat up on the offensive line. So that's where you can change, you know, and I know that Adrian Claiborne played pretty well, some inspired football. They can get pressure on Pat Mahomes. I have no doubt about it. They like to hold the football some in Kansas City to let their speedy guys work downfield. Can you get there before that? I think there's a chance that based on the difference and how Pittsburgh nullifies pass rush, that Kansas City will be hurt by this pass rush and i think that matters so we're gonna have to see don't pack in next week just yet i hope you're still enjoying tonight i hope you've had a great evening uh we're gonna just kind of close with looking at the total team stats uh pittsburgh goes for 34 first downs only 20 for cleveland 8 of 13 for or 8 of 15 for pittsburgh on third 6 of 14 for cleveland uh pittsburgh runs 20 more offensive plays Uh, they they do everything they get more of everything except for cleveland runs the ball better only three penalties, Cleveland four for Pittsburgh. But the difference is five turnovers to none. I said it before the game. You have to get turnovers. Whoever wins a turnover battle, and if Cleveland can play out in front, they can win. It's exactly the recipe for what happened tonight. Cleveland gets six touchdowns, only five for Pittsburgh. Two field goals, one field goal for Pittsburgh. Browns lose the, the time of possession, but it ultimately doesn't matter when you create five turnovers and you score on those turnovers. That's what's important. You score on, I think they scored on four or five of those turnovers, and that's the difference. That's how it's done. Then you only need one or two drives where you go off of a punt or a kickoff or a reception in the second half when you're a receiving team or whatever, and you and you, and you got enough to win. So, look, I couldn't be happier. I, this isn't long. I don't have a ton to break down. I'm only re-watching the game once. I, I will try to comment on this stuff midweek. We have multiple podcasts up. I just hope you enjoyed it. I hope you've taken a second to step back and think about all the things that you never thought maybe were going to ever happen to you as an NFL fan, and they and they started to happen. This is just the beginning. They've they've found a way to overcome obstacles we did not think were possible. And what a story this is to tell the people you care about about teams 
overcoming long odds and showing that anything is truly possible. So I hope it, this has been as enjoyable for you as it has been for me. I hope I hope you're you're able to find some sleep tonight or some enjoyment in rewatching this and listening to this tomorrow. I genuinely, genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate you listening to this, staying with the OBR, being a fan of the work that is put out. You know, I'm I'm a fan. I stay as objective as possible, but I can't hide who I loved growing up and who I still love, and that's the Cleveland Browns. And at the end of the day, uh, again, I try to stay as objective as possible, but I'm a fan like you. I care. You know, my dad brought me up this way to care about this team. I've carried it into my adult life, and I'll carry it, you know, with me and my son, hopefully form a relationship. You know, my wife and I care about it together. It's really neat. It's a really neat bonding thing, and uh, I hope, 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 hope this was all you envisioned it to be. So this is it. I'm going to sign out for the night. I will catch you later this week with more pre-content of the, the Cleveland Browns in the divisional round of the playoffs as they travel to Kansas City. So appreciate again your support for the OBR, this podcast, and much more that we do. Check us out tomorrow. Check us out later in the week. More content to come. Love you guys. Appreciate you. And as usual, go Browns.